Maybe um, I can get some atmospheric music right, playing. Right. You know, like we're right. like, do it. Um, I cannot play this instrument. <laughs> uh, play something. Uh, here, I'll just I'll just start plucking. Fuck, man. That's pretty cowboyish. Howdy, cowpoke. Uh, this is you. This is I'm just uh, strumming my guitar here at the campfire. Uh, just that's a G, and uh, uh, this is an this is an E. Nope, sorry, man. Hey, sorry about that. <laughs> Let me. Uh, oh, I'm playing it wrong. Uh, and this is an E. Uh, and if we play those in quick succession, you get uh, Tom Petty's Free Fallen. Now, <laughs> now we're sitting here by the campfire talking about uh, <laughs> Shit, our favorite go... cowboy movies. No, and uh, we just oh. talked about Brokeback Mountain. And does that <laughs> count? Well, I guess it isn't. I guess it's a cowboy. It movie. counts. And uh, now we're talking about the best one of all of them. Oh, you mean we're, good, we, the we're bad, talking about the ugly who? Yeah. Who's that? <laughs> we're, oh, you mean we get to talk about the man who shot Liberty Valance, right? No, 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 no. Oh, um, oh, so we get to talk about uh, Magnificent Seven. <laughs> oh, no, of course, you're talking about Sergio Leone's Once Upon a Time in the West. No, like his not the Hateful Eight, no. No, well, the Hateful Eight fucking sucks. I'm talking about Fuck Once Upon you. a Time in the West, yeah. I love the Hateful Eight. Uh, for a few dollars more. You know, like so, we get to talk about that, right? My darling Clementine. No, no, no. We're talking about the movie that's presented in glorious 4K. <laughs> really funny joke. That was a that great was a joke. Great joke. That got yeah. me. <laughs> what movie? Uh, Ridiculous Six. Uh, we've gone ahead of ourselves. This is the program Inter Sandman. This is the 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 audio show radio show where <laughs> every week once a week we watch a film in the career of adam sandler and we discuss the film itself as well as the peak it gives us into the mind of adam sandler so and um my name is moises cow tipper camacho my name is kellen a gunslinger <laughs> <laughs> No, no, no. Kellen, I drink off, drink out of the horse trial cremines. Wow. Um, Kellen dysentery cremines. Kellen um, Irish potato famine cremines. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> what Kellen. if I just did the whole episode? Let me just keep saying. <laughs> um, <laughs> hey, boy, don't talk about Adam Sandler like that. Arthur. Arthur. 
<laughs> yes, uh, this is the first film in the, at the time, four-picture deal between Adam Sandler and Netflix. Yes. Now, uh, this is, I think, because, well, uh, we, as we say, this show sort of tracks the career of Adam Sandler. And I feel like, you know, for a while, it's been kind of hard to get a handle on that. Just because, you know, he makes so many of these movies and they're like all mostly successful financially, at least. Yeah. But this one, I think, comes at, um, I'd argue, maybe the biggest turning point of his career. Yeah. And it was it was a big deal. The whole... Yes. Netflix contract. I managed to bring up this article from 2014. Whoa, you went back in time. <laughs> yeah, by Googling Adam Sandler Netflix 2014. <laughs> <laughs> October 2nd, 2014, 7.38 a.m. It gets announced. Yeah. Um, and the first... 17.38. God in heaven. The first line of this article, I think is an interesting snapshot into when this happens. Okay. What the first it? line says, Netflix is expanding its investment in original content. Mm -hmm. Which I think is interesting because now... You half know, of their catalog is yeah, Netflix yeah. original. Netflix is open about the fact now that like half... that their goal is to eventually be all original content. Yeah. Which, you know, I'm not, I don't think it's going to work. Oh, here, let me see real quick. Hold on. You know, if you go to the Netflix app now, like if you open it, they're the most of what they're pushing for you to watch is going to be their own content. You know, they like, uh, you know, you look at those, like what's coming to Netflix this month, like September, like half of it is like new movies or new TV shows. Yeah. And this is 2014 where they announce it, right? Yeah, 2014. Yeah, and, and they release it a year later. And fucking three years later, like, Roma gets nominated for, like, Best Picture. Yeah, like, you know, Netflix being, like, I think it's very fascinating to look, like, how just in the past five years, Netflix has, like, transformed from, like, a, a pretty niche, like, content provider, I guess, for lack of yeah. a better word. It's even yeah, sorry, go on. I was going to say, like, even now, like, you scroll. Like, I was kind of getting bored of Netflix because I felt like I was seeing the same thing over and over. But, like, now you scroll through and you see, like, you know, Kaufman movies and Noah Baumbach movies. Like, it's yeah. starting to get a little bit more. Like, they're trying to diversify, I guess. Yeah, they've still got a lot of work to do. Yeah, almost definitely. <laughs> I.E., having more movies from before 1985 on the service. Yeah. yeah. About halfway through the article, people have scoffed at Netflix's content strategy in the past, but so far it's been dead on. House of Cards and Orange is the New Black are big hits that have propelled the company to new heights. Yeah. Now you know? they like rule the Emmys. Yeah. They, well, I, I would have to back this up, but I, like, if you brought up the Emmy nominations, like a majority of them are probably like streaming shows. Yeah, now. Yeah, now they are, which is crazy. Yeah, like, and, like, at the time this article came out, that was, like, unthinkable. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, yeah, a drama series, 
one, two, three, four, five, five of them. Five of the eight. That's Uh, crazy. The Crown, The Handmaiden's Tale, Mandalorian, Ozark, and Stranger Things. Dang. Why the fuck is Stranger Things nominated for Best Drama Series? Ugh. Yeah, fucking A. Uh, You know, Better Call Saul, Killing Eve, and Succession are the only non-streaming, and that's for drama comedy. Like, half of the comedies, you know, series Wait, even are, then, isn't Succession a HBO show? Yeah, that's an yeah. HBO show, so yeah, that's, that's a, like, it, even more... That's yeah. crazy. Yeah, but that's, you know, like, still kind it's of on TV. TV. It's not it's cool. HBO. It, yeah, right. <laughs> right. I think, you know, seeing, like, e- like, at this point, like, just six years ago, like, Netflix was still kind of, like, looked down upon. Yeah. Um, and, you know... It, you know, Netflix TV was at the time like still kind of taboo, even though it had House of Cards, which was successful for some reason. It's a very silly show. <laughs> and I haven't seen it. Orange is a New Black, which I haven't seen, but I, I've yeah. heard good things about. You know, like Netflix making original movies was like a joke. You know, like they yeah. didn't, they just didn't do that. Like it was like, it felt like it was like this overnight explosion, like for like, 2014 2015 2016 i like the only one i can think of off the top of my head is um i forget what it's called the one with idris elba i i don't know any of these but i mean yeah speaking of your points like they have like like they're kind of killing it now they have a contract with a24 like you know they have like the more our tour directors are starting to like get contracts with them. Yeah. Martin Scorsese. Like, yeah. You know. Martin Scorsese, Alfonso Cuaron, Spike Lee. Like, yeah. Well, cause, and, and Adam Sandler. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. And Adam Sandler and Adam Sandler was like, I think one of the first to like yeah. have these kind of deals. And at the time it was seen as like, um, you know, the final nail in the coffin of his career. And I think we kind of talked about that last time, but this is kind of jumping ahead a bit. Looking at a review for the week of, you know, which is coming up. I think it think came out. It came out. I'm excited to see that one. Me too. The re- the Variety review for it refers to like you know like says Sandler's kind of on autopilot, which like and uh, mentions Jack and Jill and refers to it as a debacle that began the downward slide that landed him at Netflix in the first place. And that's in 2018. So even like, you know, as recent as like, you know, two years ago, this is seen as like a downward move. Yeah, him. exactly. Which like, I, I feel it like isn't like this dude has it fucking made. Exactly. Um, you know, he doesn't have to go see like unfamiliar faces like he's now always going to be working with the same people like because he has control over everything the only time he steps out of the netflix light is hotel transylvania which is a fucking animated movie and uncut gems yeah and to what you were saying earlier i i can't find the numbers now but like netflix has announced it like the sandler movies it's you know the ones he's made for them are like some of the most popular just things on the the whole surface. Yeah. Like, I think like they said, like he, you know, he's contributed to like 500 million streaming hours, which is like nuts, you know, Adam power moves Sandler. Right. I, I mean, I think 
will come to look at this and I might, this is very hyperbolic, but I, you know, like as one of the best deals anyone's made in the entertainment industry and for a comedian, especially like, yeah, it's like unheard of who else is getting deals like this. Yeah. And again, like, you know, uh, now like every comedian salivates to have like, you know, a Netflix special. That's kind of like the, one of the hallmarks of like, you've made it, you know, now. Yeah. I know. I was going to say that, but like, it also feels like they'll give anybody a fucking Netflix. Yeah, special. exactly. <laughs> every, like there's so many comedians with specials, but like you, there's no other comedians who are making their own original movies like on Netflix mm-hmm. and they're not even any other like streaming services. You, I think the only real, like, uh, the only real one I could kind of think of is Phoebe Waller Bridge because she's a writer, but that's that's kind of it. Yeah, it's rare. You see a lot of like directors and writers making like exclusive deals with uh, Netflix. Yeah, but I can't think of too many. You know, like you know, personas, stars. Uh, but what you were saying, like you know, now it's like you know, it's popular to, you know, be, have a Netflix, you know, deal like Martin Scorsese, Spike Lee, Noah Baumbach, uh, Charlie Kaufman. That's just all like, that's all in the past year. You know, that's like, should give uh, Judd Apatow a Netflix deal. Gosh, he would, it would be like four hours long. Um, I, I, like they, they're giving it to like, obviously directors that like, they want to obviously like, they're obviously trying to cater to like, like more RT movies, I guess. Yeah. But like, like, I'd really like to see like a super simple director like Judd Apatow get a fucking Netflix deal. Well, and Michael Bay. Oh, I, yeah, that's like the big one. I think Michael Bay is like signed like Holy an exclusivity. Because, you know, he did Six Underground just last year. Like I'm saying, this is all like the past that. two years. Uh, it's, it's Michael Bay. I want to watch it. Yeah, like every Michael Bay movie is worth watching just for a peek in his like deranged mindset yeah <laughs> like but i saw like five minutes of it and it looked insane yeah like it's nuts but the, the the point i'm trying to build up to is that like i feel like it's everyone having a netflix deal you know now might also be a thing out of necessity yeah not so much like you know oh netflix is like the cool place to be right now like because the way the um Industry has has changed, and you know now it's like if your movie isn't guaranteed to make like at least five hundred million dollars, like good luck getting it made. You know, and it's weird too because you know a good example of it is Martin Scorsese. He is like, you know, the whole debacle where he was you know kind of shitting on Marvel, but like he made a movie for a streaming service. Yeah, because he had to. That's so. That's what I'm saying. Exactly. Like Like, no one else would. Like it's 20 years ago, like, like, let's say 15 years ago, if you heard like Martin Scorsese has him is trying to make a movie with Al Pacino, Robert De Niro and Joe Pesci for TV and no one will buy it and no one will buy it and no one will buy it. Yeah, that'd be insane, but it's unheard of because now it's like Martin Scorsese's like, uh, I've got this movie with like three of the greatest actors of all time. And they're like, well, does it have like Iron Man in it? You and know, it's like. like- it's just like the the way the industry has shifted only like like zero budget like indie horror you know or like 200 million dollar budgets and there's like not much of an in between anymore yeah and 
like especially now you know during covid like it really is starting to make the industry question like how it's gonna happen later on yeah because we're seeing movies come out in vod and like well what i'm really worried is that it's gonna studios are gonna say oh let's just put all the low budget shit on vod and so the theaters can just be avengers and yeah exactly batman that's like worst case scenario. Which sucks because, like, I mean, we saw, I think, a good example of is it, we saw El Camino in theaters and, like, that yeah. was a great experience. I, and everyone was like, you know, everyone was tweeting, like, oh, I'm just going to watch it on my TV. You know, why would it? But, like, how, why would you not want to go see it in the theater? I don't know. That's not the, besides the point. Yeah, besides uh, the, point. The, the, the point I'm trying to, I've been trying to build up to is um there's an article i found about sandy sandy wexler which we're talking about down the road but i think applies to this and it's written Mm -hmm. by uh david sims at the atlantic who Mm -hmm. uh you know we've talked about blank check before but even if friend of the pod (laughs) and like uh even if you don't listen to blank check i highly recommend his writing he's a, a very good writer but he wrote about um sandy sandy wexler and the sandler you know, Netflix deal. And he builds up to the point that Sandler's Netflix deal represents how Netflix and streaming services are the new haven for like mid-budget studio films, uh-huh. uh, you know, that have kind of like, you know, debate law, you know, left the theaters, you know, for um, either Avengers or whatever the best picture contender is, you yeah. know, they, they, there's no longer an in-between Uh, In the last paragraph, he says, um, Sandler might not be the best ambassador for the revival of the mid-budget studio film, but right now he's he's just about all we've got. By giving him his his deal, Netflix has empowered Sandler to make the kind of content that even a major star like himself couldn't get past a studio boardroom these days. Sandy Wexler certainly isn't going to appeal to everyone, but the new streaming studio paradigm may remind viewers of a time when movies weren't expected to. Yeah, and like it speaks to obviously the point that you're trying to make. There's a fucking mid-budget Netflix movie every two weeks coming out. Yeah, most of that, which we should note, are garbage. Netflix, yeah, puts out a most lot are of garbage. Fucking... But you know, it's yeah. like it just I shows how that much... garbage could be in theaters. You yeah, know? Like, I, <laughs> Kissing Booth sucks, but I miss and like I could walk by a poster for like a movie like Kissing Booth and go like. Oh, that looks like garbage. (laughs) Yeah, and that's that's something that me and you are like kind of different on. You like will gladly go, will not go. Well, as of now, you know, you will gladly go on your laptop and watch a movie that you know that you probably won't like. I'm not that way. I fucking hate going into a movie like, oh, I know this movie. I'm going to hate it. Let me go fucking watch it. I don't like doing that. And that's why I guess Netflix isn't for me. <laughs> but that, that's also just like as cultural and you know all we're talking about like is like a bubble like the whole streaming thing is a bubble this is what i always tell people like about it is it like netflix's um deal that they've been doing for the past half decade of just spending an absurd amount of money on original content and like, you know, in like paying like Spike Lee, you know, 200 million to make a movie or a, a Michael Bay, you know, to, to do that. Or like, you know, giving Adam Sandler $80 million to make four movies, you know? Yeah. 
is like that's something that every other big media company is copying right now. Yeah. Like Disney Plus, HBO Max, uh, fucking NBC's Peacock, whatever, Hulu, you know. And we see them trying to like do riskier shit now. What and by them I mean Disney Plus trying to charge twenty dollars to see fucking Mulan. Which is I have not heard a peep about how well that's doing. Which is interesting. it, it's just proving your point more. It's like, this is a bubble that obviously is going to pop like pretty soon. Yeah. And that's the thing. What's so crazy. Everyone's copying Netflix, but we don't know if what Netflix is doing works. Exactly. Like that's not that it's such a long term, And like all of the numbers they give is like what they say it is. And you there's know, like, just too many services now. Like, like I could say, I could say 10 million people listen to this podcast and like, it's you know, it's yeah, I, it's true. But, like, you can't con- confirm or deny that. Just like you can't confirm or deny, like, 80 million people watched Kissing Booth 2 in the first day of release, you know? Yeah. Or whatever the number they're giving is. And it's just, there's too many, at this point, there's too many services that, like, I'm not paying for half of these services. I get my fucking Netflix from, like, a family member. <laughs> I'm paying, like, I have, like, a 99-cent promotion right now for, like, stars. I'm getting HBO Max from a friend. Like, yeah, it's like, at a point, like, nobody's gonna want to watch this shit on their phone anymore. Nobody's gonna watch want to watch it at home anymore. Yeah, but we can, you know, we could spread out this Netflix talk throughout the series. Yeah. But I think it's worth having that as context but the the ultimate point, you know, I, I think we kind of got sidetracked just talking about streaming as a whole, because I mean, who knows what this industry is going to look like, you know, when we enter fuck. it, which even yeah, which is, isn't a that far from away. now is going to be weird. Like, even yeah, with yeah imagine right now, like we could go like in six months, like we could move to L.A. and try and get into film and it'd be completely different than what it is right now. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, say la vie, what can you do? Ridiculous yeah. six. And regardless of like how like negative the talk we just did about mm-hmm. streaming services was, this was a fucking power move in 2014. Like, mm-hmm. no, yeah, he's ahead. Like, he, he's ahead, ahead of the curve, a way ahead and of the curve. I wanted to mention um, before we actually talk about the movie, I wanted to read these two quotes in the press release uh, announcing the Sandler deal. This is from Netflix chief content officer, Ted Sarandos. Uh, and he said, people love Adam's films on Netflix and then watch him again and again. His p- appeal spans across viewers of all ages. Everybody has a favorite movie. Everyone has a favorite line, not just in the US, but all over the world. And then followed by this quote from Sandler, which says, when these fine people came to me with an offer to make four movies for them, <laughs> I immediately said yes for one reason and one reason only. Netflix rhymes with wet chicks. Let the streaming begin. <laughs> Four exclamation marks. And with that, that brings us to the ridiculous six. Never mind. This movie's five stars. I'm changing my review right now. <laughs> um, oh my god! And what's it? And I what's this was actually in development before the Netflix deal, like it was going to be a theatrical release. Yeah. And it'd been in production with Columbia, you know, Sony, the usual guys, Paramount Pictures and Warner Bros. And I think we've noticed, like you pointed out, 
you know, uh, like that, you know, we've been seeing some different studio logos pop up yeah. know, th- throughout. And that's partly because, you know, like, like we're saying, it's getting harder for him to make his movies, you know. Uh, yeah, and I'm pretty sure, I mean, like this movie, most of the other movie, most of his other comedies were like, hey, let's already start producing this, even though like no company has picked it up yet. Yeah. But like now, and then like, you know, so it was in production with each of those and it got dropped by all three. Uh, and so like, you know, as part of a Netflix deal, uh, it got picked up to be the first of that. And everything I'm seeing about it says it's a four picture deal. But I think at some point it got extended. Because uh, recently, like a couple um, months ago, like right, actually right when we started this podcast, like they added like, even more onto it. Like they extended it for the next like five years or something. Yeah. And um, the day we're recording this, they just like officially put a release day on Hubie Halloween. Yeah. Which I think is like the final of the original deal from what I think. I know. All I got to stay is Pog Tramp, baby. (laughs) Um, Ridiculous Six is about. Six, wait, 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 like, wait, wait, before well, yeah. you start describing it, uh-huh. when the movie starts, there's a new um, Happy Madison logo. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's a cowboy now. Okay, go on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so um, just getting into it, the movie starts with Adam Sandler's character um, who goes by White Knife. Yeah. Uh, he's... <laughs> Uh, a, a white dude who's been raised by Native Americans. Yes. And he's like engaged. Her character name is Smoking Fox. Do, is, which is, is Native well, American the correct terminology? I don't want to get canceled. I think so. Well, they're Apache. So we could say, I, th- I think Native Americans like. Okay. Because they're, they're native. I don't know. The, they're I native. Know. They're, you know, they're native to America. Because I, I know a lot of people say indigenous people. Right. That's I, a good I don't want to get canceled. I, I think Native Americans, because okay. Indian is the one. I think they get keep a this in, like, so people know we're trying our hardest not to be offensive. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Um, it's the thought that counts. I'm pretty. Yeah. We uh, we'll we'll get it out of the way. Um, so there was like a little controversy around this movie. I don't know if you remember if you heard about this, Moises. I did not. Report. It was reported uh, in April of 2015. So, you know, like a, while it's still filming, uh-huh. that a dozen native actors and actresses, as well as the native cultural advisor, had left the set in protest of its portrayal of the Apache culture. Interesting. But it was later, you know, it, it, there's some conflicting reports, like most, like later reports say like only about four out of the 100 left. Yeah. Um, and, you know, like there were some Native actors who said that like it was it gone too far, but there was another who... Did they um, not know what they were signing up for? I don't. What's not victim blame here? <laughs> I'm just. I'm just like. Yeah, you have to wonder, like, like what did they ex- like? I don't, I don't want to sound like a fucking asshole, but like, what what legitimately like did the producers explain to them? Like, hey, we're making Adam Sandler movie where Adam Sandler stars a white guy who grew up by yeah. Natives. Like, 
it's uh, I will say it's far from the like worst racial problematic thing in a Sandler movie, but it's also like it, it's still bad. not great. It's still not <laughs> yeah. great. Like you know, the names like Smoking Fox, you know, um, Beaver Breath, Beaver Beaver Breath, never wears bra, like, and fucking oh, gosh. I yelled no when I saw it on screen. Jackie Sandler in brown face. Yeah. That was too. so, like, no. <laughs> to be fair, I think pretty much every other Native Americans played by a Native. It, it seems like it. A, a person of that descent. But yeah, it, it anyway. does make, make you mad because it's like, you know, why didn't they just get an actual, like, Native person to play this character? I mean, it's such a minor character, but also, like... Don't dismiss it, yeah, Kevin. It's like it's like we've talked about. Yeah, like I'm just saying, like you could cut Jackie Sandler's character from this yeah. movie, and nothing, nothing would. No offense, Jackie, but they um, could have had her as like I don't know, like one of the many prostitutes that they have in the movie. Sure, and I, I think this is like the thing we talked about. Like it doesn't necessarily make it better, but like I think you know sandler's uh whenever there's like offensive or problematic stuff in his movies comes from like a juvenile place and that he's like you know it seems he's like oh i'm making fun of everybody you know yeah. like that was the um statement that the production released saying like the movie has ridiculous in the title for a reason it is ridiculous it's a satire you know really yeah Oh, interesting. It is a broad, it says it is a broad satire of Western movies and the stereotypes they very fucking broad. <laughs> yeah. Which is like, you know, like on one hand, like, yeah, sure, but you know, like on the other hand, you have Rob Schneider playing a Mexican. The best, yeah, exactly. And the best satires, like, you know, Blazing Saddles, which is like a Western satire, understands that like, you know, certain jokes carry more weight than others, you know yeah anyway elephant in the room has been acknowledged he's sitting there watching his podcast <laughs> um so adam stanley's character white knife um is a member of has been raised by this apache tribe um the opening scene he runs into the left eye gang good bit could be good bit <laughs> to like their whole thing is that like they scoop their eyes out i guess to like show how tough they are they they also have a black guy in their game <laughs> so He's, like in the movie they're like i mean the opening movie it's opens up with like a shot of a, a store and it says like no apaches which and like Sandler walks in and he's like hey you f- like you fucking apache or something get out like i'll shoot you yeah, but it's just Adam Sandler in like native garb and long hair. Yeah. Mind you, not playing a Native American, but still, I don't know. Is that a cultural appropriation? It's so, anyway. it's just weird. It's weird. Anyway, this is going to be the longest episode at this rate. <laughs> I'm so, <laughs> um, uh, I'm skipping for, oh, also, um, Heel from Breaking Bad is in the Left Eye Gang. Yeah, that's the black man. Yeah, Lavelle Crawford. Uh, led by Will Forte. It's so... I, just, I couldn't wrap my head around it. Like, they're so fucking racist towards, like, indigenous people. But, like, there's, like, black guys just roaming free. It's yeah. so funny. Specific racism, yeah. Uh, back at the, the tribe... Oh, uh, Sandler's character gets visited 
by Frank Stockburn, played by Nick Nolte, at his most gravelly growly. Yeah. Um. What's <laughs> yeah. uh? What's the grizzly bear's name from Over the Hedge? That's that's him. him. That's him. That's him. Yeah. Huh. How would, also, how could you not tell? That's definitely him. If that's awesome. not him, kill me. Okay. Yeah, that's him. That is him. Huh. His name. He's also is, um. Bruce Banner's dad and the Angly Hulk. His name is Vincent. Ah, gotcha. Anyway, um, yeah, he's fucking scary. That voice is scary. Yeah, scary looking man. Um, gets visited, and um, Frank Stockburn tells Sandler's character that he's his like biological father, mm-hmm. and he also mentions that he's dying of tuberculosis i think and he's like amassed fifty thousand dollars that's hidden somewhere uh by like a singing windmill i think or no he says like it's hidden like where i got my greatest score you know well killing you're bad at watching movies okay he says that i deserve this he said that he hid it, he hid it, hided it, whatever, <laughs> like at up uh at beside a tree, like right next to them. Oh, and gotcha. He said, like, it's all yours, you're my son. And uh Sandler, being the noble man he is, says, just give it to the tribe or something like that. Yeah. Um, but he yeah, now you could explain it because you are bad at watching movies and you just explained the movie wrong. And then Danny Trejo and a bunch of bandits show up and they want Frank to, um, you know, hand over the big score and Frank gets kidnapped by the bandits so he can lead him to the money. And uh, he mentions here, I uh, a singing windmill. Yeah. This, he says it's hidden like at his biggest score or whatever. Yeah. In return, and he does this in exchange for the bandits not attacking Sandler or the native. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, you know, Sandler can't find it in the meadow. And he, I'm so sorry. <laughs> so he goes off, he goes off trying to get enough money to save his dad's life. That's the basic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he like His like dad like dropped his hat. So like he cut his hair and he like kind of looks like a cowboy now. Yeah. Um, uh, also, his whole shtick is he's like really good with knives. Yeah, like, and he's like has like superpowers. Yeah, he's like Zohan Part Two. Oh, it is kind of like Zohan, <laughs> and, except he doesn't fuck every person he sees. And this is like, uh, I think my biggest complaint among others, just for the movie, is it like it takes it, it's called the ridiculous six and it takes way too long for like the ridiculous six to get together. Yeah. Uh, the first he one he meets is a burrow rider named Ramon, played by Rob Schneider. Who it's been a while. It's been a while since we've seen him. As a Mexican, I'm offended. <laughs> oh man, we finally He's worked his way through. Bro, this. He's honestly, worked his way through the races to you. I, I see. I saw. Oh my Maybe God. the next movie he'll play a white guy. I see Rob Schneider turn around, just like, oh no! Like I, I sighed <laughs> very is, heavily. There's a lot of like Hispanic act, comedic actors, right? Like I've yes. heard, like, like, 
There's uh the I forget his name, but the guy who, um, was in uh Jack and Jill who married uh Jackie. Oh, Sloan, that not guy. Jackie Sloan, but, um, oh, yeah, yeah. That why guy. did they, why did they just great. get that guy? I don't fucking uh, know. Or or fuck Michael Pena. Like he's yeah. like the go to for this, you know. <laughs> like there's so many actual like Mexican comedians like they could have got, and you know what? Fuck it, Rob Schneider, you get a pass. Fuck it, go ahead. Oh no. <laughs> That's the first one he meets. And then um, they like plan. Like I, I noticed like in the first show in this mini, movie, and I guess you're like the energy feels kind of off. It does. Yeah. Like it's very slow. It's and, two hours long. It's it doesn't have to be. And Sandler is not at all trying to be funny. No, I think and this is such a weird thing to say since this podcast is about him. I think he's like miscast in this yeah you could see like his turkey neck it's like it's just so weird you're like it's like the character is like a the character's old adam sandler like yeah the character is like a like a straight face badass he's like the straight man you know exactly you know like and i feel like i feel like if this was made like 20 years ago or like 30 you know like or if this was an early sandler he would play like this stupid fucking cowboy that's been raised by Native Americans, like you know, fucking water boy or something. Yeah. But like he's kind of you know, he's like the leader, I guess. So he has to like be have his head on straight, I guess, for lack of a better term. Be the straight man with the mission. Yeah. But I just think like kind of like low and gravelly is in Sandler's comfort zone. But, you know, like, I, even this late in his career, he's pushing himself, I guess. Yeah, this is just, like, it was an interesting choice. Like, I yeah. don't know why the fuck he would do that to himself. But, oh, yeah, and this movie's also written by him and Timmy. Timmy, so, the, the OG duo. OG duo. So, like, uh, I kind of, I mean, I expected more, but it's, they plan to rob a bank because they find out they're brothers. Yeah, they yeah they find them, <laughs> which I didn't know going into this that the ridiculous six is like a bunch of bastard children. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> they but, like connect the dots, and they're like, "Well, we want uh, Rob Schneider's like, you know, I want to meet my dad, you know, yeah, like I want to spend time with my dad." And they plan the best heist in any movie I've ever seen. Yeah, um, and it involves like this, like <laughs> this is asshole bank owner played by chris parnell who i realize here like there's just something about his voice that just makes me laugh <laughs> does that make sense like he has like the voice and i think this might be because of like i know him like a lot of i know him mostly as jerry from rick and morty uh-huh. but there's just something about his voice that gives off like the 40 year old cuck like aura you know yeah or like um, his character in Hot Rod, it's like like the big like AM radio guy, <laughs> and he has the fucking tattoo of Calvin <laughs> pissing on both TV and FM radio. <laughs> I um, have you not seen Hot Rod? I haven't seen Hot Rod. Oh my God, Moises! I think that's the one I'm gonna watch tonight. Watch yeah, watch Hot Rod. You, yeah. That, oh my God, that's such a you movie. That's such a fucking you, you would you're good. Oh my god. I'm sorry I spoiled one of the better jokes in it for you. <laughs> but um anyway, so they steal from Chris Parnell 
And at one point, the plan involves like Rob Schneider's donkey, like explosively shitting on him. <laughs> yeah. And the plan almost gets spoiled by the third brother. <sighs> Fucking hell. <laughs> uh, you thought the movie couldn't get any worse. Oh, take it back. <laughs> <laughs> Little Pete, a stupid boy. He's uh, the, played uh, by Taylor the town idiot. The Tinder Town Idiot, played by Taylor Lautner, who is leaving it all on the floor, I think. Like, Bro, he, Taylor Lautner should have had a successful career in comedy movies. Honestly. Like, like what? I, I know fuck? we brought this up. Nah, nothing, man. There's just been nothing the past like four years. It sucks, dude. He was, oh, it's so. Fuck. He would, he, he's good in this. Like he's funny. He's fucking <laughs> funny. funny. It's a shame. It's, it's it's you know like we had this whole talk like if stu- mid budget studio comedies were like more popular, yeah. you know, at, like at the nowadays we get like three a year maybe. Like the, the 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 two I can name in the past like three years that have been like apparently worth watching are Game Night and Blockers, you know. Like it's blockers. Uh, it's the one with like it's like the teens that are trying to have sex on prom night and their parents find out and are trying to stop them. And the main dad is played by John Cena. I've never heard of it. <laughs> Apparently, I watched good. Game Night though, and that was pretty funny. I like Game Night a lot. Jesse Plemons is so good in Game Night. I fucking forgot he was in Game Night. Jesse Plemons, low key, he's good as fuck. God yeah. damn it. I want to see him in more now. He's in he's, so much as a thing, though. Like, yeah. I was just thinking, because, like, I was... Shit, um, he's an Irishman. Holy fuck. Right? I forgot. <laughs> he's, like... And, like, I was watching, you know... You gave me shit the last time I brought it up on the show, but this weekend, it, my family had some channel on, and they were doing a Friday Night Lights marathon. And, like, I was watching it an episode. Is and he in that? Yeah, Jesse, he's oh, like a main character on Damn, Friday I want to watch that now. Yeah, it's on uh, the Peacock, I think. <laughs> but Fuck Je- the Peacock. But like the thing is like, I was like, man, Jesse Plemons is so good in this, you know? And he's like so natural. Like he just kind of blends, like he just like blends into the environment. Does he play like a star quarterback or something? No, he plays like. The Friday Night Lights tangent. No, this probably won't be in the episode. But the the main conflict of season one, this is the first episode, is uh-huh. the star quarterback, like in like the second to last play of the game, like it's a you know tied game, like does this bad tackle and is paralyzed from like the neck down. And so yeah. like the dweeby backup quarterback, who was never supposed to play a game, is now the quarterback for the season. And the dweeby quarterback has like a best friend who's also a dweeb, played by Jesse Plemons. Damn! <laughs> How many seasons are there? Um, five. What is it on? Oh, yeah, the Peacock. I think I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm about to finally watch that shit. It's like uh, I think I've told every you show you recommend me, I love. So I should like <laughs> I don't even know why I'm questioning. <laughs> the thing is. The, the, the weird thing about Friday Night Lights, and it's so, because I, I told, I think I, I realized this is it like some of my favorite things, like my, all of my favorite TV shows are like flawed incredibly. Like, you know, Twin Peaks, I have to give no, you the disclaimer. Not. I, I have to give you a disclaimer, but like, second half of Twin Peaks is rough. I but have like, two episodes left. 
oh fuck i'm so excited for you but like friday night lights season one i think is like a perfect season of television or at least as close as you can get to it then season two happens during the writer's strike and it's like so fucking bizarre (laughs) like they're just like you can tell they're just like well we can't just do another football season can we just like let's see if this works like one of the characters does a self-defense murder you know like (laughs) interesting and then like they and then the show but the thing is the show recovers like they come back for season three because season two gets cut mercifully short because of the writer's strike yeah and season three they're like oh let's just forget most of that happened (laughs) like if you look up what i was gonna say that look up friday night lights jesse plemons and guess i want you to guess how old he is oh fuck Oh my god, he's low-key hot. <laughs> now, now, not not then. Oh, what the fuck? Um, he's like, God damn, he looks like a little fucking kid. That's yeah, I I I cause I just assume because like everyone else on the show is like late 20s, you know, like they're you know, mid-20s, like they they're obviously like adults. He was 18 damn. in season one. <laughs> so and I, I always thought because he also looks like 40 in a different kind of way but yeah <laughs> he's like 32 he's 32 yeah <laughs> oh but he's so i i got so excited when i found that out because i'm like man we're gonna have him so for so much longer you know we're gonna have him for so many years like oh michael b jordan's in it all right i'm watching this yeah. shit uh he isn't introduced till season four Four, I think I don't I only see promotional shots I don't see any like actual like shots from the show <laughs> that's is the it thing. like good is it like made good well that's the thing yeah I'll confidently say is it like it at when it came out it didn't look like any other show that was on and I don't I still think that's true because it, it was like it's handheld and Ooh, like you yeah I knew you I knew you I know you, know you like that but like they Wait, there's say, a movie? Yeah, it's based off... Okay. <laughs> this is all being... This might just be a bonus episode. <laughs> well, just it. like 20 minutes. Yeah, sure, I might as well. Uh, I think I told you this. The act, the Friday Night Lights movie is based off a book that was based uh-huh. off like this actual season of high school football that happened in the 80s in um, Odessa, Texas, which is 15 minutes from where I used to live. Mm-hmm. Like I've been to the field where, and so like, that's like based off a true story. It's got like a ton of like Billy Bob Thorne's the coach in the Friday Night Lights movie. And then the TV show is like a sort of adaption and that it's just like, it's the concept of like these teenagers, these, these people, it was high school football in Texas and the lives that sort of revolve around that. And then it kind of extends like, you know, to like they're eventually like, you know, Football is like just a part of it, you know? Okay. But yeah, like you, what I love about it is like, it's filmed like documentary style almost. And it like the directors were like, they didn't rehearse scenes and the, the, the director just told camera people like, just try and film what feels right to you. So it has that like feeling of like, you know, you're just like, like you're there, you know? The show sounds really fucking good. <laughs> I'm so this sounds like my shit. <laughs> I hope you like it. But okay. Anyway. Okay, so what you're saying is Jesse Plemons needs to be in more. Yeah, he's so good. Um Jesse Plemons should have been in Ridiculous Six. That's what we're trying to say. I'm 
I, I hope he'd get, I, he would get killed in a Sandler after we just got done talking about Friday Night Lights for a while, long time. Uh, basically, the, it's the my ne- new favorite show, and I haven't even watched it. <laughs> the next chunk of the movie, I'll send you. There's a great trailer for it. I'll, I'll send you the next. The next chunk of the movie is like um, they just meet the rest of the ridiculous six. There's um, this uh, mountain man named Herm, or played they by Hurley he's... from Lost. Oh shit! Is that who that is? Yes. Oh my god, that's cool. He, yeah. I thought he looked familiar. Um, that's a funny bit. I kind of liked it. Yeah. Um, then they also meet a drunkard played by Luke Wilson. Yep, Luke Wilson. Who, who, who uh, is revealed to be Abraham Lincoln's former bodyguard. <laughs> and a flashback reveals him like he's like at the play with Lincoln, played by Dan Patrick. <laughs> like, he goes to use the bathroom and like he runs into John Wilkes Booth and he's like, oh, John Wilkes Booth, the actor, I'm a huge fan. And like leads him to points like, oh yeah, the president's in there. And like while he's on the bathroom, Lincoln gets shot. Um, and then there's also a saloon piano player played by Terry Crews. <laughs> who at multiple points talks about how he can play the piano with his dick. That's so fucking funny. (laughs) And then at the end of the movie, he does. (laughs) And Um, uh, if you don't know, um, audience, because this is an audio podcast. It's not visual at all. Terry Crews Black. (laughs) Yeah. And And, uh, one one of my favorite jokes in the movie, honestly, is like there's a scene that happens in this chunk that Kellen is talking about which is pretty boring and way too long um he they're like all like revealing things and <laughs> terry cruz just says like i haven't really told anybody um so i'm gonna tell you guys i'm black <laughs> and they're, they're all just like so shocked it's it's so funny terry yeah. cruz is great for me, I'm torn, uh, torn uh, between uh, Terry Crews and Taylor Lautner for uh, my pick, but uh, <laughs> we'll get into that later. The first job the the six do together is they rip off this uh, bar owner named Smiley, played by Harvey Cattell. Again, stacked cast, as we were saying. Phenomenal cast. Like, they should just, make another movie with this exact cast. I, yeah, like... I. You can tell, like, I mean, this is a $60 million budget. <laughs> they, they spared no expense. Yeah. But um, they steal this giant gold nugget from him. And in the process, like, <laughs> uh, Rob Schneider, like, rides at him with a shovel and means to just knock him out, but, like, decapitates him with the shovel. Yeah. Which I, it got me. It looks good, too. Yeah. It's a uh, intense for... Well, I realized, like, I was like, man, this is just PG-13. Technically not rated. Oh, shit. You know, like, it doesn't. Damn, they should have made, like, blood squirt out of his neck. Like, Yeah, exactly. That would have been tight as fuck. Yeah, that's a good bit that. Oh, oh, oh. I had me smiling, but not laughing. (laughs) Also, uh, whoa, 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 Busimi watch. Yeah. Uh, he plays this fucking weird ass doctor who just puts cream on everything. <laughs> and like give, gave herpes to every single one of them. Yeah. And I, I've 
my favorite little bit is like he like they visit him just to get information from him but he like rigs taylor Lawner's character up in this like dentist thing yeah. and like climbs on top of him and starts like wrenching around out. his mouth while taylor Lautner screams yeah <laughs> and then the he end. like takes it out and taylor Lautner's like the idiot he is he's like smiling and laughing about it yeah um from there then oh it's right about here it's not actually listed in the wikipedia uh just making sure yeah it's not listed in the wikipedia but there is like it's like a six or seven minute like detour into what i think is the funniest scene of the movie oh yeah they run into Tertura watch. Tertura watch. <laughs> it's yeah. It's been a while since I feel like it's been a while since he's been. Yeah, uh, it, it has been since Zohan, probably right. Uh, it feels like it. As Abner Doubleday, who <laughs> in real life was a union, oh, uh, a union general who also, um, was at the time, um, well, he never claimed. Um, fifteen years after his death. A commission, the Mills Commission, declared him the inventor of the game of baseball. But this claim has been thoroughly debunked by baseball historians, according to Wikipedia. Yeah, um, Babe Ruth uh, invented baseball, right? Sure. And <laughs> so they run into Abner Doubleday, who is like in the middle of this field, and he's like hired a bunch of like um chinese immigrants it appears <laughs> yeah to like and he's like conducting the first ever play of this you know game he's invented and he, what did like, he call it um like sticky mcstickens or something <laughs> <laughs> some stupid shit like that yeah and like he he gets a ridiculous six to play and the whole time he keeps like bullshitting rules to <laughs> making yeah. them up like he's like you know two strikes and you're out and then, like, you know, Sandler easily, like, fucking th- throws two balls at him, you know? And Sandler's like, all right, two strikes, you're out. And he's like, oh, it's three strikes. It's You, ha- you, you have to get past me a third time. And, like, Sandler throws it again. And he's like, ah, oh, that's not a strike. It has to be in, in the strike zone. <laughs> and then, like, he Sandler describes goes, it as it has to be between my titties and my knees or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, the, the whole, like, like, the joke is that, like, all the rules of baseball are just because, like, a narcissist didn't want to lose. So he just yeah. kept making up the rules. And, uh, like, I, I, my take is that, like, Sandler and Tim Hurley, he came up with this idea first. And so they just wrote the rest of the movie around it. It's fuck. It's it is really funny. I yeah, like that a lot. So that's why uh, Totoro is in the running for the Shooter McGavin Award. I was just about to say, yeah, I think uh, Totoro might have stolen it real quick. Anyway, um, so the next um, big plan they have is to go to a uh, poker game being held in Yuma by Ezekiel Grant. Uh, and you know, rob that and oh god, yeah, I got <laughs> so at the it's like a I guess it's like a celebrity poker game because yeah. Ezekiel Grant's there and it's attended by Mark Twain, who's played by Vanilla Ice. <laughs> <laughs> it's Which funny is so as fuck. funny. 
yeah. and then uh general custer who's played by david spade yeah. which is actually like pretty good casting yeah look wise and um the uh, the plan is sort of like in jeopardy as um Wyatt Earp shows up and he's played by Blake Shelton <laughs> yeah and Rob Schneider's playing this like uh matador it looks like yeah this he's like supposed Spanish to be like a coffee. general yeah he's like a Spanish coffee bean guy or something yeah like I don't they. fucking know and um, the you know the plan is thwarted when um uh, Herm finds out that Ezekiel Grant killed his mom or like did he was just talking shit about his mom. Yeah, just talking shit about his mom. And I think like it's implied Herm kills him. Yeah, Herm kills him and Terry Crews goes and fucks his wife. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh so they barely managed to pull that plan off. Um Sandler sneaks up behind Wyatt Earp and holds him at knife point. That's the only way they get out. Um and they leave with all the money. Yeah, they leave with oh, all the money. Oh, we, we probably should have mentioned the only reason they did this was because uh, the left eye gang stole the money that they had already <laughs> stolen. Um, so they had to go steal more money. Oh, right. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> and so then um, on their way, they come across the left eye gang. Mm-hmm. Who has been like buried, you know, to the neck, and they've been left to die <laughs> by the Danny, yeah, Danny Trejo's gang. Um, so that you know, they rescue the the left eye gang, but manage to you know, like reclaim the fifty thousand dollars. And um, that night, I think the plot gets a little messy here. I, in my honest opinion, <laughs> so they. Uh, Sandler sees a picture of the you know gang of his dad and Danny Trejo, and he sees a tattoo on Danny Trejo's uh, hand. Mm-hmm. It like flashes him back to when he was a kid, and this bandit shot his mom. Mm-hmm. The thing is, though, like young or old, if a man with the face of Danny Trejo shot your mom in front of you, I feel like you would remember that face. You know, yeah, <laughs> I don't know how you wouldn't remember. Danny Trejo's face. He has a very distinct face. That hasn't changed for like 30 years. No. His skin got a little saggier, but that's about it. <laughs> uh, you know, Sandler in the middle of the night, he leaves a letter to the rest of the six, you know, saying like he's got to go do this alone, you know, and he confronts yeah. uh, the full gang and gets his revenge on Cicero with a knife to the head. Yeah. But just as the rest of the gang's about him shoot him, the rest of the ridiculous six shows up, and then the left eye gang shows up, you know. And there's a weird, <laughs> and there's like this kind of Mexican standoff thing where they pay, they give the gang the fifty thousand dollars to you know let the dad go, and the yeah. gang leaves, and then they also tell the dad like we've got another fifty thousand dollars, and he calls the gang back, and I guess this was all part of his plan. Wait, 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 before we go yeah. to this, because I yeah, thought it was yeah. a really funny bit. Um, they're well, so they're like reunited with their dad or whatever, uh-huh. and uh, he like, they, you know, he says, you know, these are all your sons, and uh, so he like goes up to all of them and gives you know like funny exchanges with Terry Crews. He says like, oh, you must be this person's uh, son. You look just as muscular as she does, like. 
he doesn't say anything about him being black and uh he goes up my the funniest one was he goes up to luke wilson and luke wilson is uh he says like because he the whole time he has said that like he wants to ask his dad for advice because he he can't get over letting abraham lincoln die and he just says to him shit happens son and that's it <laughs> yeah, yeah that yeah. was so fucking fun <laughs> no, that was good um, but uh yeah that's when uh he reveals to them like uh he's the villain I guess. yeah yeah um, like it's a little vague but whatever yeah. whatever <laughs> so there's a um and it's also um the gay the left eye gang and then danny trejo's gang has taken uh sandler's wife hostage yeah the left eye gang lost them and like then danny trejo's gang like got her hostage it was weird. Yeah. It was a bit. It was yeah. a whole other bit. So there's this big shootout. Um, and you know, Sandler uh confronts his father in the mine and rescues his wife, captures his father. You know, but and he but says he doesn't uh, kill him. Doesn't kill him. Because he says, like, my what's he say? He says, like, my real father, uh, which is like the 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 chief of the Apaches, I guess you know taught him to not kill or something i don't know anyway uh and then um the ridiculous six kind of just joins the uh apache tribe you know (laughs) sandler gets married and the other brothers just uh you know they're 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 hanging out i don't know the movie ends fuck it anything else you uh, did i miss anything um i mean you missed a lot but nothing (laughs) (laughs) Uh, is there anything you want to talk about i skipped over oh uh, i think well my two funniest bits was anything that terry cruz was in like terry cruz had me cracking up every time um and when at the end of the movie um so like the left eye gang is like a bit that they keep going back to Uh uh-huh and um steve zahn plays like one of the members Oh and yeah, he um he's already blinded one eye because it's like crooked, and then yeah, so which is his left eye. So they make like the whole point is like they take out their right eye, so you only have your left eye, and um so he takes it out, so he's like basically blind, and at the end of the movie, uh I don't remember what they oh he picks up like a dollar bill. Steve Zahn's character and he's like he gives it to another member he's like hey is this still valid and he like lifts up his eye patch so it shows that like they none of them took out their eye except Steve Zahn and uh he's like <laughs> right, the yeah. fuck off but that was like a really good bit that that's about that's it a fun bit yeah um, oh there's like at the end after like an explosion goes off there's like a I I could only think refer to it as like the, a breaking bad-esque shot of sandler like as he gets up you know where the camera's attached to him yeah 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 it, it was fire it was like really good <laughs> yeah so like uh as the start to uh this new era the new final most recent era of sandler's career uh what you know what do you think of the ridiculous six it was not at all as bad as i was expecting it to be um like i i had some fun with it it was boring like it wasn't super funny but i had fun with it like the good bits that they had here and there um but i think overall 
it showed me, you know, like uh, Adam Sandler, like this is a movie where he, it feels like he's super lazy in, but like, fuck, I would be lazy too after I just like signed a deal with Netflix. <laughs> but like at the same yeah, time, point, like great point. the movie is still good because I think this is a fucking phenomenal cast. Like it's a really good random cast of people that you wouldn't expect to make a movie together. Um, that's why I'm giving my, um, my MVP to um, Terry Crews. I liked him a lot. I thought he was fucking funny every single bit that he was a part of. I think uh, just in terms of last, you know, per minute, um, I'll give it to John Turturro. You know, that's, uh, I I love a good, just like one scene in and out, you know, thing. One minor bit role. Exactly. Uh, I think like, you know, if you look at like, the big like movies he's made for Netflix, you know, this, uh, the do over, you know, Sandy Wexler murder mystery, they feel a bit more high concept than a lot of his <laughs> recent stuff. So I feel like this is emblematic of like, you know, with this like Netflix, uh, blank check, you know, for <laughs> he's, he gets to kind of like, you know, do what he like normally would you know, in the, in the regular, uh, studio system. Yeah. So yeah, I'm ex- I'm haven't seen like pretty much any of these Netflix movies. So I'm yeah. excited. I've and, only seen Sandy Wexler. Oh, I haven't. I'm so excited for that one. I'm like I enjoyed it, but it's it's pretty bad, but I enjoyed it. <laughs> um that's a future you know, that's a future. Um next week, I believe it's the do-over. Uh we we by now, by the time this episode comes out, we'll have posted like um, a sort, a somewhat comprehensive uh, schedule of the next yeah. couple weeks. And you know, we're it's bittersweet. We're approaching the end. We've uh, only got um, like I think we have like less than ten movies left, which is you know it's bittersweet. Like I'm getting choked up thinking about it, yeah, but. Oh wait! Uh, don't forget Hotel Transylvania, though. That's oh, that's, good. that's right. <laughs> that is true. Um, obviously, more we'll be you know updating the schedule, you know, making announcements as we go. Uh, as you know, to like the end of Sandler, and maybe what's after Sandler. Yeah, you know, we have. Just, I I don't think we've ever mentioned that. Like, we're not going to stop. <laughs> After- I, oh, okay, I think you know what I think uh, we had we didn't talk about this before the episode, but maybe we should tell them our our first plan for after. after oh, season. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, well, there the we have plans for beyond, and that'll be like that'll start in the new year. That'll start in twenty twenty one. So we have a lot of time uh, between now and then. <laughs> so we'll we'll make an announcement about that later. But right after Sandler's done, and I, which I believe is uh, November sixteenth, is the last Sandler episode. That's our. Um, we're gonna have a sort of, um, I don't know, like a decompress period. Yeah, like a, a, yeah. a celebration, a sabbatical almost. Yeah. <laughs> of like uh, where uh, Moises and I, we've each picked uh, two movies that we love. Yeah, and we're gonna alternate weeks uh, talking about those, mm-hmm. and I think. Then there's a fifth one, which is we both agreed on. Which uh, 
I'll give you a hint is the best movie of the 2010s, but uh, we're not going to uh, talk about I don't it any know. further. Well, we're not doing Mad Max Fury Road. So uh, 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 yeah, no, we're not doing that one, the second best, but we're uh, it's a, a, a movie we, we both love. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, we'll announce that when we get closer to the end of Sandler. Uh, but like we've been saying, though, uh, the Netflix era, it's easier than ever to follow along because like most people have a Netflix or know someone who has a Netflix now. So, um, yeah, watch and um, maybe suffer along with us. But it's an extremely interesting uh, <laughs> segment of his career. And uh, yeah, we is. hope you join us for the ride. And if not, you know, I think these are like... <laughs> We've been recording for an hour and a half, and we spent like maybe less than half that actually talking about the ridiculous six, you know. So, you know, like even if you don't, like, uh, we hope you stay listening. Um, Rate, review, subscribe. Uh, Only if you like the show. We're sorry if you don't, but uh, have a nice day and peace be with you. (laughs) Just don't leave a negative review, please. If you enjoy the show, you know, send it to someone who might like incredibly niche conversations about Adam Sandler or Friday Night Lights. Uh, Friday Night Lights or yeah. Netflix. <laughs> Which, by the way, I did sign up while we were talking about Ridiculous Six. I did sign up for a Peacock account and I'm about to start rewatching Friday Night Lights. So, <laughs> yeah. So next week, the 18th, uh, where it's the do over, then Sandy Wexler, and then um, the. Meyerowitz stories. I don't think I'm saying that right, but uh, Meyerowitz, Meyerowitz stories, yeah. which is like the first, um, the the first genuine dramatic turn we've had from Adam since uh, Funny People. Maybe I mean I'm not counting uh, the cobbler. Yeah, don't count the cobbler. Yeah. So and of, of course we're all building up to the last couple episodes. The you know the, we've got some fun things planned. I'm for, so excited. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, but as we exit Sandman this week, as we always do, we're going to leave you with some non-Sandler recommendations. They can be anything, movie, book, TV show, video game, podcast, um, painting, poem, uh, statue. Stop uh, saying that, okay? Haiku, you know, just, uh, or landscape, just, you know, anything we're uh, enjoying a, that doesn't a have A Twitter Sandler. post. Sure. My recommendation this week is um friend of the show garrett best got me watching it uh the short-lived but soon to be returning animated tv show clone high on uh it aired on mtv for (laughs) exactly 13 episodes uh it's being brought back it is about um the u.s government clones a bunch of historical figures and so they're all teenagers and they're going to high school together and it's kind of a parody of like early 2000s like teen dramas like um dawson's creek the oc um 90210 you know that you know that sort of shtick but like what was main, this on uh mtv uh the main characters are like abe lincoln who's like the, the kind of tall lanky nerd joan of arc who's like a goth girl um <laughs> gandhi who's like a party animal and, and is also uh, part part of the reason why the show got canceled <laughs> <laughs> yeah looking at this this looks fucking entertaining as hell uh the best character by far um have not stopped i'm like saying one of the best characters just in all of animation maybe is jfk who is like the the school jock nice and um dummy thick if you look at a picture of his character 
Yeah, it's just a really, it's a, you know, uh, some of it has aged weirdly. I won't say poorly, but it had, some of it's aged a little weirdly. <laughs> but it's like such like a, it's such a funny show. It's like exactly my kind of humor. And it's all yeah. on YouTube. So Clone High. I'm a little late on this. Uh, I, I was going to recommend it last week, but I fr- it slipped my mind. Go watch the Batman trailer. Um, <laughs> I Kellen... Yeah. Me and Kellen are like geeking over the anytime it gets brought up in conversation, we can talk about it forever. Mm-hmm. The new Batman's gonna be fucking awesome. Um but uh hopefully I hate it and Kellen loves it. So it it'll be like his Joker. Oh my god, um, I hope not. Um but yeah, go fucking watch it five times, uh then another five times oh, an hour it's such later. A good, it's such a good it's trailer. Really good trailer. Matt Reeves, Robert Patterson, Zoe Kravitz, Paul Dane. It's going to be so good. God damn it. Yeah. I uh, Sponsor the pod. Sponsor the pod. Warner <laughs> Brothers. Oh, that'd be so nice. But uh, yeah, go watch that. It's easy to watch. It's like two minutes. I think that's going to do it for us this week. Uh, intro music. Hold on. I'm coming by Sam and Dave. Should we get some cowboy music for the outro? Yeah, get some uh, cowboy music in there. Uh, how about, um, yeah, the outro will be something from the Red Dead Redemption 2 soundtrack. I don't know. Uh, she's gonna make them cry, bro. Oh, gosh, it's so good. It is. I, I've actually, that's a, another recommendation. I've been riding my bike a lot lately. And Me like, too. I've been doing it oh, all sick. summer. Nice. Uh, yeah, I, the Red Dead Redemption 2 score is so, is perfect for bike it's rides. It's so fucking, you know? oh, such a good <laughs> score. Go play the game if you haven't played it. There's another recommendation. Yeah. So, um, yeah, outro music something from the Red Dead Redemption score. I'll, I'll put the credits in the description. And uh, you know what's a, another pretty good cowboy song you could possibly use? What? Um, Wild Wild West, you know, that uh, uh, song okay. from the Will Smith movie. Okay, yeah. Actually, that's going to be it now. <laughs> you, okay. you brought this upon us. <laughs> yeah, our outro music is Wild Wild West from uh, by uh, Will Smith. Yeah. And then... That's actually a hidden track in the Red Dead Redemption 2 soundtrack. But as we exit Sandman this week, as we always do, uh, we will leave you with a Sandler fact of the week, which, uh, you know, it's just a little factoid um, nugget of information about Sandler that you can think about and reflect on for the next week until we reconvene uh, next Friday, September 18th, to talk about the do-over and uh, this week's Sandler fact is, yeah, I got nothing. Sorry. All right. Um, I'm sorry. I, you know, I, it's been a while since we've mentioned this bit, but my secretary outside my office, she's been so busy lately. Oh, she yeah, usually, yeah. she usually brings me the Sandler facts. I don't yeah, give yeah. her enough credit. It's you know, like six months ago, Jack Nicholson went out there and I haven't heard from them since. Well, I think it's glad you're still paying her. So like, you know, yeah, it's tough times, you know, I got to. But uh, um, so do you have one? Yeah, yeah, I do. Um, okay. it, it was just confirmed by TMZ last week. Um, Adam Sandler is not Native American. <laughs> <laughs> that is the Adam Sandler fact of the week. I'm Moises Camacho. I'm Colin Cabeans. Uh, Wild Wild West been, Desperado. This has been Interstandment. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next week with the do over. That was.
Yes.